0: Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, and suspects. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon episode on John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. How do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find the link in the description of the episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com forward slash Pod. Hope to see you there, so we can give you one more scare.
1: I could see where, you know, he felt burned. He's like, alright, I want to go back to my roots, and... As you discussed, like, Caffrey, like, it does really feel like it is kind of like a back-to-basics thing. I mean, when you think about it, it's all greatest hits Carpenter. I mean, you got the one location setting, you have the ensemble cast, you have Mm -hmm. the omnipresent threat that's kind of been awakened. But it does feel less than, you know? Like, it seems like, for me, I I talk about this with the Nightmare 5, like, with 1989 horror. And this is about two years away from 1999. And for me, that era of move of filmmaking and genre filmmaking so often feels like that 6am sort of malaise that sets in at at a party where like, you know, there are some people that are still trying to keep it going, but the sun's coming up. You're realizing that you got some shit to do that day and everyone's kind of just moving along. And while this does feel like a back to basics thing for Carpenter, it also feels, yeah, like, like I was just saying, like less than, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that not everyone is back. You know, like when you think about this is, I almost feel like this is almost like when the Smashing Pumpkins reunited in 2007. It's like, oh, he's got Jimmy Chamberlain and no one else. And, <laughs> but the sound's still there. And it's, it's almost kind of the same way where it's like, yeah, Carpenter's back and he's got Pleasance. But you know this is the first movie without Dean Cundy, you know, and he 's working with Gary Kibb yeah. now, and you can tell like th- there 's a total shift in tone like this still looks like a carpenter movie because he 's still lensing it like you know in all the shots that he would with a lot of things uh, with the the wide frame and everything, but it 's still so lit like it 's lit bright in a, in a way that I know that Cundy wouldn 't have done, and like this hallways would have been so so much darker and so much more ominous, and instead this kind of has this sort of I don't know, made for TV quality look to it in a weird way. Like it feels abandoned and not just because the, you know, they're in an abandoned part of LA, but it just, it just feels. The only thing I can think of is less than, and I think that, I don't know. I I mean, for all of that though, the thing I still do applaud it for, and this is kind of the next topic I want to get to is just what this movie is. I mean, like what he said, like he didn't want to do something derivative. You know, he was inspired by uh, Gregory Bedford's timescape. He was inspired by John Cocteau. He wanted to make uh, a film that was in the very similar in the vein of, you know, Argento's Inferno. And so there are a lot of ideas. And I do think that that's its strength and also it is a hamstring. What, well, also kind of like hamstrings of the movie because... Like what? What? What the? Like what would be your elevator pitch for this movie? Like how would you explain this in fifteen seconds? Like, Caffrey, what's your elevator pitch for this movie? I'm a Hollywood producer. I got, I got quick time. I got, you know, you got ten seconds. Go for it. What is this? What do you got? What? Do you, what is this thing you have for me? It's an intersection of science and religion, where we propose
0: that. Just as there is a God, there is an anti-God, and the anti-God is Satan, and it is contained in this capsule of a gas that infects You're
1: throwing a lot of weird words at me. I gotta go, sir. Uh, um, god bless, and you know you're gonna make it out here in Hollywood. Mac, what's your elevator pitch? Ten seconds.
0: Uh, ten people researching evil in a church, and
1: the evil escapes. Oh, interesting. Well, who are the ten people? Do you have Do you have any any commits t- so far for the cast? Uh,
0: We've got Jameson. No one. Oh we've okay. got
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the oh, oh. best and brightest from uh
0: daytime soaps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh that man. That is a good that is a good pitch. Like though. I'm going to be really mean about Jameson in this episode, but it's not it's okay. Not, no, not all his fault. Not I don't <laughs> it really think isn't. it's the I don't necessarily think it's bad. it's the actors because We'll get into it when we get into the ca- the cast, but if you look at the thing, I mean, there's a couple of heavy hitters, but it's mostly no names and, the, and they are amazing to watch.
1: I mean, but anyway, yeah. we'll, I'll save that. So, yeah. 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 Rachel, do you have a better elevator pitch though? Oh,
0: probably not. But yeah, let's, uh, all right. We got college kids. We got Catholicism and a mysterious substance in this church that may or may not be uh, connected to the return of the Antichrist.
1: Okay. well, will see th- th- we're starting to get there. We're getting there, but we're also leaving out, you know, So much stuff that's in this movie. I mean, we got (laughs) worms. We got bugs. We got... A brotherhood of sleep. A brotherhood of sleep. (laughs) We have uh, stoic homeless people outside that are... Maybe schizophrenic, but also well, devoted to God. That is a God. really
0: bizarre element of this movie that <laughs> like, would not hold up today. What? Like no, villainizing the the like all homeless people apparently are like seduced by the evil or something. Yeah, and that is that is just bizarre element yeah. of this movie. Wait, what's Alice Cooper's name? It's like something schizo. It's literally like schizo. 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 Yeah. schizo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then also yeah. the followed and no. then you follow it up with they live where essentially like the homeless people are like heroes yeah that's <laughs> so it's a very weird well maybe he was repenting. from alive
1: <laughs> yeah at the at, at the the core of this all is exactly what we've what all your pitches had is the idea that this is the intersection of religion and faith which i think is a really intriguing idea and as i mentioned at the top of this episode i am an atheist but i am always been attracted to the the medium of religion and what it does uh to society just because i've been bearing bear witness to a lot of it coming from a Jewish family, going to Episcopal schools, Christian schools, Catholic schools. I've seen a lot, but does it work here? Do we feel that, you know, obviously he's as Carpenter has kind of created two totems for religion and faith. You get, you know, Victor Wong, who gets to be the man of science. And then you also have, you know, Pleasance, who's the faith. So you get this kind of intersection of science and faith, but then it gets in a little bit I don't know. I just do. Does it work? Do we, do we buy it? Do we think that there's enough here? Are the discussions that impactful enough for us to be <laughs> curious about it? Or Max are we just checking our phones? So hard. Mac, what, what do what, you got to digress on this? Cause no, you are. It doesn't.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there. I think the whole movie, the problem is most of the movie are these discussions, right? Like, and then in between, we see like a homeless person staring at the sun, <laughs> and and then you have these discussions that seemingly they sound really like oh this should you know you have these two like veteran actors like you know like I love that that scene with Pleasant and Wong and like it's so like you're like oh man you're like I should be really and then when it's over you're like what did what yeah. I didn't get any of that <laughs> like it's it's and I follow I followed a lot of the film but I just feel like. I don't buy that any of those people are in that program or know what they're talking about is the mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> that is an acting problem. But I, I I don't think it quite gets there because so much of it is about science and, and the whole anti-God thing, but I, it really does just kind of seem like they move away from that and it does mm-hmm. just kind of become a demonic possession movie yeah, to an extent. And I'm like, the whole mirror thing doesn't... I, I, I don't... I. I don't know. I, I don't think it marries the ideas very well.
1: No. I do. No. I
0: mean, I like the computer stuff. I like when what, you know, Lisa's typing and it's, uh, you know, all of a mm-hmm. sudden she's typing all that stuff and like there are elements of it that I see it working. I and again, this to me is just that first draft. Like I think it could have got there. I think it could have been really interesting and really kind of unnerving, but it also is something that is incredibly dated now when you're Trying to use the technology of '87 to tell this, you know, it's it's it, it doesn't hold up as well either. So it it's just kind of a a bit of a mess.